Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you for joining us today. And in the season of November, this is a the grateful season, the month of Thanksgiving, we decided to do our top 10 books that we're grateful for and that might not have been heard of before. So, yeah. so they're a little recognized, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Unappreciated. They're unappreciated, and we want to throw a little appreciation their way. <laughs> So why don't you start the ball rolling? What's, what is one of those top 10 books that you're grateful for that might not have been heard of before? Well, um, I thought um, the first thing that popped into my head was everyone's heard of Laura Ingalls Wilder. And don't get me wrong, I've read all the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, but sometimes I don't hear anybody talk about Caddy Woodlawn, which was by Carol Brink and is just one book, but I mean, it's, it has to be good because my third grade teacher read it and I still remember a story inside this book. So Caddy Woodlawn is a tomboy and she has two older brothers and she gets into trouble and everything, but they're plowing a field and they decide to, oh, it only takes one to plow the field and they're all three out there. So they're telling the story and the one that's plowing is missing it. So they have to back up and tell it again but it's about a farmer named peewee peewee the farmer <laughs> and it is hilarious and very imaginative so it would be good for boys or girls and the good thing about this is one read and it's a great historical fiction book to about family working together and you know just uh, siblings and it, it's it's a heartwarming but i still remember it being hilarious the peewee farmer peewee is i still remember it. yeah that's that's really cool and so that was set at the same time period as Laurel's Water. Yes. Okay. And I think it took a back seat. So I guess we could call these back seat books. <laughs> <laughs> um well that's awesome. So how about you? I think it um I kind of went more of the um the non-fictional route, I guess. Um, cause I was thinking of the ones that I'm really grateful for things that have, oh, um, yeah. that mm -hmm. have really changed me in a way. And so, and, and I, I don't think this person has gotten a lot of recognition, but I, I, and you're the one that introduced me to her books and there's, um, there's a series of three of them, but I'm just going with the first one, but, um, it's lessons from Madame Chic, uh, by Jennifer L. Scott. And True. it was, uh, written in 2011 and, it was, you gave it to me. I was still, I was still nursing my youngest one. We were in the process. We had, we were living in a, a camper building a house. And so there's just, uh, it was, there was a lot of stress going on and you gave me this book and it's all about living well and kind of mindset and lessons that she learned from this French family that she stayed with. And it just, I, I just remember it being a pivotal book in my life because it just really changed my mindset and it made me think about things differently. And, and, and I think as Americans, because we're so bombarded with um, trying to get the newer, better thing and, and there's just like get more and stuff. 
And so this is like kind of the opposite of that. It's it's not about getting more. It's just about the quality. quality. It's quality versus quantity. Yes. And it's not necessarily about even doing more. Like she's it just even some like taking joy in simple things, just like a tea time. You know, that's mm-hmm. not really expensive. It doesn't you don't really have to do very much to do that. It just but you're living well. And that actually it serves you well and then and she's the one that I first heard about the tin item wardrobe, um, having less clothes, but better quality ones that like you can do kind of the capsule thing. And anyway, I just remember reading it and just being and there, and she she tackles every a lot of stuff. She tackles mindset. She tackles a style. She tackles food and like having a healthy relationship with food and different. Anyway, it was just like I, it for me, it was one that I'm super grateful for her books. She also did one about the kids, Connoisseur Kids. That was her newest one that she's done. But the, the Lessons from Madame Chic, that little series that she did. And I think she started off, she was self-published. Um, but we follow her. She has a, a YouTube channel called The Daily Connoisseur. And it's just about living well. And she does a lot of, she reads uh, a lot of the older books. And she's, you know, very cultured. And and I think that's important. And she's all about manners, too, you know, mm-hmm. just just living well think, so i think because in our modern day uh, rush hustle and bustle manners have taken not a backseat i didn't think i don't think they got on the bus yeah because man you do not see a lot of thank you please and you just don't do that you don't hear yes. it a lot whereas um you know used to that was a big thing you heard it all the time mm. but um I, I think that that's that's great I, yeah, I went with uh, kind of the fictional, but I that's true, too. D- books can mold and shape you, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. That's true. Absolutely. So it's good to have two different perspectives. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so, so what's your next one? Well, my second one was a book that I read to you and your brother, and I don't think I read it to Cam, but I read it to you and Caleb, and it's called The K, and it mm. was written by Theodore Taylor back in 1969, and... Um, I don't really know why it didn't get a lot of press because if you read that book, the the pivotal moment in there, because the boy, and I cannot remember his name, he's in a, he's in an explosion and it blinds him, but he's very prejudiced against black people and they're living in the Caribbean. So Caribbean, you get a little bit of that Columbia, Calypso music, not Columbo, (laughs) favorite detective, but uh, you know, where he, all through the and he's rescued by a, a man on an island and that the man is named timothy and the, he he says that be true that be true and we used to say that be true all mm-hmm. the time uh, but anyway in the middle in the midst of this he reaches out during a hurricane and um he touches the he touches timothy and he says you can't feel color can you or you can't feel that and it made me think you know then the boy realized that judging on the skin is such a shallow way to judge someone Mm. and when he realized that this yeah when the hurricane was coming he put the boy he strapped the boy to the tree and then he strapped himself over the boy and his back was riddled Mm. it was riddled and then the boy you know Uh, he's doctoring trying to doctor him and everything and I said what a powerful message not with like yelling and screaming at someone but introduce that message through literature is very powerful I think Mm, yes I vividly remember that book that was a great book 
uh, it was it's one that held your attention the whole time you're like yeah and it's actually one that he says for experienced listeners but i always kind of pushed you guys a little bit but Mm -hmm. you guys were riveted though so oh yeah what what, is well written what's your name um and well and these aren't in any i guess particular order um i would have to say um and we just we just did this one but i I gotta mention it so uh, we just read the unoffendable by brant hansen it was you know written in 2015 but I'm really grateful for that book. And it's one that I hadn't heard of. I mean, because it's been out since 2015 and I haven't heard it until you mentioned it. So um, I just don't know if it's gotten the, the recognition it deserves because it's really a great life-changing book. It just presents uh, this, this whole idea that I think we desperately need in our society. And I, so I, I have to mention that because I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for you giving it to me, but it's, it's helped me. Like, I think it's helped me grow a lot as a person and look at like, okay, how do I perceive things and and how do I deal with offenses and things like that? So I had to put that on there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it, it is powerful. It's very powerful. Um, My next one would be, um, and this would be like something that people might want to it, it, it's not really powerful, but it's a memory. So I, I would say, um, and I don't know if everybody knows about it, but when you guys were little, we had a Christmas book and it was a scratch and sniff book. And I don't think it was very popular, but I, I got it. And you guys love that book. And it it's uh, like Little Bears, The Sweet Smells of Christmas. But I think people overlook maybe a seasonal book and then putting it away and then I just started packing it with the Christmas decorations. So then you can bring it out and, you know, put it away, bring it out. But you, I still remember chubby little fingers scratching it and going. <laughs> and then I remember. It, yeah. Eventually. And this is when you were really tiny. You loved that book. And it was like the oranges and everything. So when we were watching, watching a MASH episode one time, they said that the smell is the most vivid memory. Mm-hmm. So just a tip for people that you might want to get the little bear sweet smells of Christmas because the smell smells are important. That, and that's great. And that's something to do. You could do with a very young reader or someone who's not even reading yet. You know that you can yeah. start getting them involved in a book early on. Scratching it. <laughs> yeah. Scratching the book. And, and I you remember know, it died. It did kind of die. And then you guys were saying, I can't smell it. Mom, I can't smell it. I thought, yeah. Oh, it's, it's old now i'm, I'm yeah. 37 so <laughs> it's pushing 40 i'm sure <laughs> but i i love your advice about putting them away and i didn't used to do that you told me that and i think a year or two ago i started doing that I, uh my husband built some um bookshelves in my son's room and so i have a top shelf they can't reach and so now that's that's where the seasonal books live and it is so good because then they, the, they haven't seen them in a year and it, they love it. And it makes it more special when you pull out those. And so, so we did something too um, to add on to what you're saying about Christmas. So uh, every, so now every year we tried to get them a new Christmas book to add to the collection. So um, we have uh, a lot of good Christmas books, um, but, they started uh, i think they have like uh costco does has those like the elf and the home alone but they're mm-hmm. a real cool version of them and so we've had those the past couple of years but 
I may have to go back and get the the scrap. See if they still if I can still get the the bear book in print. That'd be a good yeah, one. A little sweet smell of Christmas. Yeah, and yeah. another good thing to do is just ask someone. Just ask an older person what their favorite Christmas book was. I did that with Angela Peterson. I I asked her what's what her favorite Christmas book was. And she said Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree. She didn't miss a beat. And so okay. I ordered that, and my class loved it. I'm gonna so that so I'm gonna add that. I may that might be the book we get, Mr. Willoughby's yeah. Christmas Tree. It rhymes and it's short, but if you have a rhyming one, oh, and the kids love it, and then they can kind of help you with it since it rhymes and it's a circle book, so it goes full circle because he cuts off the top of his tree, and then I know I've read it to the boys, I think, because it's one of my favorites too because it's really short. And it, it has a cadence to it. You know, I, I love those rhyming ones because kids can kind of guess what the rhyming word mm -hmm. is. So. Yeah, that's important for their phonemic development, right? Or yeah. And you got them a good Christmas book. Was that last year? The Silver the silver Bells? or Oh, yeah. The Silver no, Package. The Silver Package. That's what it was. That was a really good one. Yeah, that was a powerful one. Yeah. That one was, um, and, and I think that speaks to a lot because it, it speaks to your, where you're, where you're from doesn't really have to say where you're going. It's all about mindset. Mm. And that boy works through that. Cause yeah, I remember that story. He wants a doctor's kit, but what he gets were like socks and mittens and all the stuff that he needed. Cause he lived in the Appalachian mountains and it's extremely poor. And this rich man is giving them gifts, you know, and mm. Yeah. I, I think that gives me chill bumps every every time when I when I read that. There's another one, Great Joy, I think, and that's about a little girl, and she's very kind to a a uh, what do you call those people that own organ grinder on the street? She said, "Where does he go, Mom? Where does he go when it's when it's uh, nighttime?" And she said, "And the mom's busy, you know, she's just busy." And she said, "It doesn't matter where he goes, just you know, don't." got up she pinched herself she said all of her multiplication tables she said the states and capitals she's trying to keep herself awake and then she looks down at the street and he's on the street in the snow oh and so she said can we invite him to the house and her mom said we you don't invite someone to the house so she invites him to her play and he comes so i mean it was one of those with just great joy i think that's great kate, joy yeah kate DiCamello. uh oh she's good yeah, and that's a picture book. A student got me that, Elizabeth Wright. And uh, she, uh, I said, oh, I haven't heard that, but it must be good because that's a really good author. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that may be, I may add that to the Christmas. That may be their Christmas book this year. So, okay. So number next on the books we're grateful for. Um, and I'm not sure, this might've been popular at the time and I missed it, but I don't remember it being popular, but I mean, there was a movie made after it, but unbroken by Laura and Laura Hildebrand. Uh, it's 2010. I don't remember it being that popular. I could be wrong. Um, I think I probably had a lot going on at that time. I don't remember, but I, I just don't remember that getting the, the press that I think it deserves because, um, and it's a true story and she, and she does such a good job of um capturing uh and i can't remember his name right now but the the guy who the story is about um it just it's just a story that needed to be told that we <laughs> needed to hear louis something yeah that's it louis um it, but it's so powerful and it's it's all about the it's world war ii but it's about the pacific uh 
things going on in the Pacific, which you don't hear a lot about. And she said no. that's one of the reasons why she was drawn to it, because you always hear about um, the World War II in the German, like what the Germans were doing and stuff, but you don't really hear about it as, as far as in the Pacific, what's going on there. So, And what a powerful book about the, fi- the ties of family and how important it is to have that um, support that we need to give other each others. We need to do that on a daily basis. And when you, when you read about that book, you read and you see what they did. That's kind of what kept him alive. Oh, I mean, it's, there's patriotism, there's grit, there's family, there's forgiveness. I mean, it, it tackles all these things. So it's, and then back to non, yours is fiction, non non fiction. Here's a, this one is one that I don't know if, um, anybody's even heard of it it's understood betsy and um man uh i remember i read it to your class back when i back in when i had you i think it was maybe third grade i read this book which um out loud and it's about a little girl who's timid and she was raised by ants who were kind of like um I want to say they're hypochondriacs. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, and then she has to go live with these her uh, cousins in the country, and she thinks she can't do anything. So I would say this is a book about mindset, because okay. the, the uncle, when he picks her up at the train station, because it's like in the nineteen twelve or whenever, nineteen seventeen, I think, or something. But he picks her up and he just gives her the reins of the wagon. And she's never done that before. And she's like, oh, you know, in her mind. And it tells you what she's thinking. Anyway, she ends up driving them without doing it. And then she kind of, she said, well, I, I didn't, I didn't wreck us, you know, and that was a boost to her, but she's still not going to like it. She's made up her mind. She's not going to like it there. These are the, because her aunts that she'd been living with talked ugly about these people. So she's prejudiced against them, but she evolves and, you know, a kitten helps her aunt. I mean, her cousin gave her a kitten to take care of and they just are so kind to her. And then she realizes that she can do hard things. She can do hard things and she's not a, a hypochondriac after all. And I, I remember Julie Davenport loving this book so much She, because I passed out tickets, you know, she wouldn't spend it on anything. And she said, I just want my own copy of Understood Betsy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. Back in the day before Thrift Book, and uh, you just had to look high and low to try yeah. to find something. But I think it was really it's kind of like the the it's a book that someone might have heard of, but I don't know, like the last of the really great Wayne Doodles. Even though that was written by Julie Andrews, you don't hear about those much. Yeah. So understood, Bet. I'll just looked it up. It was published in 1916. Oh, so, 1916. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's an older book, and you said it, it was Dorothy Fisher. Is okay, thank wrote. you. And you know what it reminded me of? What was the book about? I think her name was Katie or something, and it was in a different country, and she was something similar—an orphan that goes to live with a family, and she's kind of stuck up. Oh, oh, yeah, the master, the master. Yeah, yes, the lovely. Ma- I I can't remember that one either. That's, uh, Kate. Kate was the name of the author. Her first name was Kate, something. And the boys, yeah, they weren't quite ready for it. But yeah, I can't remember yeah. what of it was. But yes, yeah, that does kind of c- connect. Yeah, when you're talking about, it, I'm like that. That's what that reminded me of. Mm-hmm. So, what about but you? Good one. One? Okay, so. 
my next one um, would be okay, and I'm really grateful for this. It's I Survived the Attacks of September 11th by Lauren Tarshish. It's a graphic novel. Um, it was written in uh, two, uh, 2012, but I'm really grateful for it because I, I really like. I, I like her series for one thing, but I like that she t- uh, tackles this subject because it's a very difficult subject. And I don't think she necessarily wanted to. I think she had a lot of requests to do it is why mm-hmm. she did it. But it's, it was, it's weird when you've lived through something and your kids don't know anything about it. And so I think for the next generation to just to get, but you don't want them to, you don't want to p- put a spirit of fear in them either and so I think it's just, it's, you have to really be careful how you present something like that, that can cause a lot of fear and uh, trauma, especially if you've lived through it. So I think she does a really good job. And so I was really grateful for that book, especially we read it on September 11th and cause they didn't really know. And so it's like, it, I think it's a great way to kind of introduce what something that happened in our history, you know, not that long ago. Which I guess it's been long. It doesn't seem that long ago to me, but it's that's been a while. So yeah, it has been over twenty years. So it's crazy. Well, um, I think that the reason somebody you know we have in school we have Wonder Wednesday, and the kids can put a wonder up, and and one of them wondered how she got started writing the I Survive books. So I looked it up. And the way she got started was she has boys and they weren't reading and that bothered her, you know? And so she asked him why they weren't reading. And they said, well, we can't find exciting books. And they wanted to read about real things. They didn't want to read something made up. So she did that time travel kind of thing. You know, she takes you back and you're in that situation. So that all the history in that is real. Yes. And so that's what her boys wanted. And then she, if you'll read them in order, you know, they're, they're, they always have a boy for the main character. And then until you get to the Mount St. Helens, because she said she wrote that one because she had some girls saying, why can't you ever have a girl for the main character? (laughs) And so she did. So now, now it's either way, you don't know which way she'll be. So I thought, I thought that was, yeah, she listens to her readers. Yeah. They give her, and one of my students wrote to her and said, could you do one on the, the dust bowl? Oh, and I said that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Which well, goes with really my cool. next book because one, my book is called The Blue Willow Plate by Doris Gates, and a lot of people know about Out of the Dust because that was kind of a real popular one. I'm thinking that one won the Newberry, which is really good. It's kind of written differently and everything, but this one, um, The Blue Willow Plate. It just uh, stuck with me because, for one thing, that visual of the the blue willow plate, and that's all they have from their past life, and then the 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 hardness, which it this would be a children's version of um, the four winds, kind of, you know, okay, it's, it's terrible, and um, the worst hard time is a nonfiction book that goes with this too, but those people had grit beyond you know to the nth power I mean they had so much grit to survive and then they just had to keep going and it's just a good in she tells it all in a story but it's wonderful great so it's called Blue Willow and it's Dorothy by Dorothy Gates yeah yeah Uh 
But it was so it was published in 1940, and guess what? It says it was written by a librarian who worked with migrant children in Fresno, California. Oh, well, so, that's interesting. Yeah. What's your next one? And this is a controversial one, <laughs> but I have to put it in there because it's one that I am grateful for. But it's it's natural cures they don't want you to know about by Kevin yeah. Trudeau. No, that and did change you. That changed you a lot. It did. And it was 2005 was the first time it came out. And there's there's so much controversy around him. And I'm not saying he's an angel. I don't know everything. But as far as like the information in that book, it was I think it was really good. And I think it is a lot of things that the medical industry didn't want us to know about. And but it, for me, I was I was having a lot of migraines at the time, and I was just looking for alternative stuff because I went the medical route. And um, see, he I don't think I even heard of organic up until I read this book and what that meant and the difference between in like the the amount of pesticides they put in things and and I just didn't understand. And so for me, this book really like opened my mind to look for alternative things and. Um, healthier options and things like that and it's sad though because it's still going on today because I mean I I heard a man that had a tumor and he came to our church and was speaking and uh, he had to go to Mexico to get the treatment that was natural treatment he had to go there because they won't offer that in the in in America and it helped him and it, it cured him where the doctors in America were saying he had a few months to live he had to go to Mexico to get this natural treatment and then is alive and without the tumor. So just like, I don't know why we can't be more open to things that work, you know? So, but I anyway. Know, I know why. I can tell you why. Oh, uh, well, money. 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 Yeah. That's the reason. Now you know. <laughs> uh, I have one that uh, it's called Five Children and It by... Uh, E. Nesbitt and I'm not sure when it was written but a long time ago and she's influenced a lot of writers but I've mentioned Five Children in It before and her style of writing is um, it's just really unique and she seems like she just gets down on the children's level and um, I, I lost my copy and therefore I don't know when it I think I I might have sent it out to Caleb so he could read it to his kids, but I don't know when it was written, but I mean, I'm talking a long time ago. The children and of it. Five children and it. Oh, you gave me a copy. I have oh. that book. Oh, well, maybe that's maybe what it's... me. I'll look it up for you though. The five. But, and and the, the message you can get from five children and it is they, they find this creature. It's fiction, of course, but they find this creature in the sand and um, they're poor and they wish for things that, you know, but every wish goes awry, you know, and it's, it's kind of fun. It's just funny. It's very, it's, it's not really scary. Like there was a book that I read to you and Caleb called Wish Giver. And uh, that one was kind of scary, but this one is just, it just misses the mark. And he, he grants him the wish, but it only lasts for 24 hours. So it's not scary. It was originally published in 1902 in the Strand magazine under the general title, The Fasamid or the Gifts. So it's a different name. So yeah, that word comes up in there. Yeah. What does that mean? A sand creature. 
Oh, okay. It's like, magical, I, I guess. But uh-huh. yeah. Well, good. That's what it. about you? I do have a, a a fiction book, but it's a historical fiction. But I'm so grateful for this book because it taught me a lot. I had no idea um, that this was even happening. Anyway, the the Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, um, and it was by Kim Michelle Richardson, and it was originally published in 2019. And she's since done a prequel, or not a prequel, not a prequel, yeah, sequel, um, The Book Woman's Daughter. But I've, I've really enjoyed both of those. And it's all about the blue-skinned people um, of uh, Kentucky that during the Appalachian Mountains and during the Great Depression. And um, just the prejudice that they, um, they had to deal with and all. Anyway, I, I, it was unknown to me. And then I didn't even know about the Pack Horse Library Project, which was yeah. a real thing. And so I just I love how she put in the, the history, but also there's a great story going on. It was just really well done. And I was super grateful for for her writing and for that book and and how cool was it that she reached out to you because you did a painting on the book woman and um, now she, you have you she bought your painting and it's hanging in a library in Kentucky. Yes, I'm super excited. Not yet because they they had flooding and so she's donating it and so I think they're supposed to be open in December. But but how so, cool! I know. Yeah, she was super nice. So my next one um, is Flakes Limbo. I think it was written in 1984. um, And it's about a 15-year-old kid that lives in the unknown, unbeknownst to anybody. He lives in the subway of New York and he just survives on his own. And it kind of answers the question, can a man, no man is an island, but he is surviving on his own. What a read. I mean, amazing. This guy has grit. I mean, he needs glasses. Someone lost their glasses and someone sat on them and broke them. Then he found he he tapes together a pair of glasses. I remember that. But I guess that hits me because I wear glasses. Mm. So, I mean, and he gets the papers people read once and puts down and he sells those. That's how he gets a little bit of money and just the uh, strengths that he has to survive is un- talk about grit. Whoa. Yes. I read that. I, re- I remember, remember that. that yeah, I do remember that one. But I've never heard anybody say, yeah, I read Slake's Limbo. Yes, that's true. It didn't get a lot of press. Yeah. So that's a what's, good one. Yeah, Especially for boys, I think, too, would really like, enjoy that. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you're having a hard day, you're not living in a subway eating scraps, yeah. are you? <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay. So my next one, I would say... Um, I'm really grateful for is, and we, we, we already did a podcast on it, but a a place to hang the moon by Kate Albus. It was uh, written in uh, 2021 and it's just, it's just one of those books. I think this would be a great gift book for, I mean, it's kind of a, it's a kid's book, but I enjoyed reading it. So really I think it's a book for anybody, especially someone who likes kind of historical fiction because it's about, the World War II and about the, the London kids being sent to the country. Um, but I, I really, it's just a great read. So I can't and, believe you said that because guess where I learned about Five Children and It? It was from A Place to Hang the Moon. There you go. Connection. Yeah. Because Edmund, the brother, and I'm reading this to my class at school. 
and um, they picked it out. After, I, I gave them some choices and they picked this one, but it, it is, it does have something for everyone because there's a little girl who, and they, all three kids love to read. So they throw out, that's how, that's why we read The Hobbit because mm -hmm. of that book. Wind in the Willows. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're deep readers and um, Edmund's a little ornery and William's the oldest. And it's just, they're talk about grit, man. They, that's a, just a lovely story. Yeah. Good okay. choice. What about you? Okay. Uh, something about, oh yeah. Now I know what I was going to say before. Where the red fern, what is it? Where the red fern grows. Mm -hmm. Everybody's heard about that one. Not everybody's heard about Summer of the Monkeys, which was also by Wilson Rawls. Oh, yes. Which I like that better. Oh, I did too. I liked it a lot better. And there's um, a little girl in there and she's cripple. And um, she's, she's, but she has such a good mindset. She's cheerful and everything. Now, um, they made a movie off of it and it was terrible. The movie was terrible. So the book is just so much better. So definitely a great read, uh, especially if you're taking like a summertime vacation or something, but it'd be a good gift to give anybody. I think an adult would like it as well. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's funny. And then it's also powerful at the same time. Very impactful. And then you what can do a Venn diagram on it. <laughs> well, we know how you like those Venn diagrams. Hey, well, it, they are fun. Yeah. So number next for me um and again we we did a book we did a a talk on this one too but it's definitely not well known um is imprinted and it's by tyann mcclendon 2014 um kind of a, it's more of a parenting book um but so powerful and and it's extremely short a very quick read but it really opened my mind on a lot of things as far as like um and especially talking about like spiritual things with the kids, incorporating, incorporating that in daily life, different ideas, how to do that. And really just kind of getting down on their level and seeing things from their perspective. And, um, but for me, I'm really grateful for that book. So it's a short, quick read. If you want to hear more about it, we have a uh, podcast. On it, so. Well, it kind of goes with unoffended because in there she says, I do not receive that. I'm not mm. receiving that. So when someone tries to offend you, you could say, I've read two books and I'm not receiving that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not offended and you're not going to imprint me. So there you go. Um, my next one was, and this one did get some press long ago, but not maybe uh, since I did Slakes Limbo, I was trying to think of a girl version of something. And I thought of uh, hundred dresses, but I couldn't remember the author it didn't eleanor estes there it is it came to me so wow if you look up eleanor estes she also did the moffats so uh rufus m and the moffats uh, were the children and they were growing up in hard times hundred dresses i'm not sure if eleanor estes knew poverty but she knew how to write about it mm -hmm. and um i loved hundred dresses because it, it shows you what kindness doesn't look like and then you know you want to be kind because the girl says she has a hundred dresses. And I had a little girl read this just last year. Uh, and Tinley was just saying, how could they? And she was nearly crying. She said, how could they be so mean to her, Miss Barnes? How could they? Aww. But sometimes that's what we need to build that, to build compassion mm -hmm. to, for others is we need to see what it looks like when you don't have compassion. And they kept telling her she was lying. She didn't have a hundred dresses, you know, and I don't want to spoiler alert, but I mean, you got to read it. And it's a real thin book. It's not real thick. 
but it's uh it's it it really impact you cannot read that and just walk away you'll remember that book so and i looked it up it was published in 1944 so right after the depression and she was a she was a librarian she was trained as a are you kidding me yeah i must like a a children's librarian i know that's that yeah, explains that the whole thing about, okay, there's a perfect, in Rufus M., do you remember? I read that to your class too, I think. Rufus M., once, he's like four or five and he wants a library card. And he goes to the library and the librarian said, first, wash your hands and all this kind of stuff. And he can't even write his name. And she she gives him the form and, he, you know, she says, well, you've got to sign and you have to, do well, he can't write his name. So then he goes to write, learn how to write his name. Because he wants a library card. He can't even read, but all of his siblings go get library books and he wants some. Aww. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, and they're poor. And I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but he dug, he dug a cardboard man, a cardboard boy out of the trash. And he was an advertisement for some crackers. And he puts him on his bike and he gives him rides. And he said, come on. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, and they make a museum out of feathers and rocks and stuff like that. So that was Rufus M. Wonderful. And so was 100 Dresses. You, someone should re- read something by Eleanor. There you go. Your heart. Yeah. Uh, Ginger Pie, too. So. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Ginger Pie. Awesome book. Yes. What about you? Okay. So the next one is definitely not well, well heard of. Uh, but I am so grateful for it. It's Created to Thrive by Matt Tommy. It was published in 2018. And I'm actually a member of, um, he has a mentor group for artists that I've been a part of for a couple of years. And it's just so good. It's a lot of mindset stuff. Um, it's a lot of just changing, ch- changing your thought process, um, daily affirmations, different things like that. Um, but I, I love his perspective on a lot of things. And just here's one quote uh, that I heard the other day, but it was um, that he said, the things you, the things you dwell on create the world you dwell in. So I was like, but in his book is full of stuff like that too. And um, I'm just like, okay, so that, that was, and I read that a couple of years ago, but that was instrumental in me, like kind of having, having the shift of how I was thinking about things. Well, your thoughts become your actions. So Mm -hmm. it's very powerful. All right. Number next for you. I think we might be coming to the end. And I have one that I have to say for the end. But let me just uh, plug in. Sign of the Beaver. I think it's by Elizabeth George Spear or something. The author. That is a boy book. Uh, it, It is about surviving in the wilderness. And the kindness that this Indian boy shows a pioneer. Uh, excuse me, Native American boy. <laughs> but I mean, in their bond there. But she also has Calico Captive and The Witch of Blackbird Pond. She's a great author. And th- those are harder books. Those would be like for your, um, you know, if you're going to read them on their own, they probably need to be in junior high. But if you read them, you could, the Calico Captive and The Witch of Black- Blackbird Pond are higher than uh, Sign of the Beaver. Could be like a fourth grade student could read it. But it's pivotal. I mean, all her books. And that Witch of Blackbird Pond is so good. That's a time period in uh, history that I didn't know much about. And mm. that they were really, you know, so if you if they put you in water and you swam, you're a witch and they killed you. If you didn't swim, you weren't a witch, but you're dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of like, whoa. And here's the last one for me. And then I'll, I know, 
thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, the woman who saved Thanksgiving by um, Laurie Hulls Anderson. And it was published in 2002, I think. So she goes through and she tells you, the author tells you how many times this woman wrote letters to the president. She started with Zachary Taylor and she wrote every single president trying to get Thanksgiving to be a national holiday. Huh. And she went through bottles of ink and she went through, I mean, she would not give up. And they kept saying, no, no, no. And Why would you say no to that? Why would you say no to that? Well, I don't know. So who's he, the president who did listen? Lincoln. Okay. Because she said we're in the middle of a war, and but I think it would help. Mm. And before I read that book, I didn't realize. So she, she had tried to get it a holiday and states had adopted it. So different states, but mostly it was just celebrated in the Northeast and the West and the South and all that. They didn't celebrate it at all. So, you know, you think, well, why is it important? Well, that's how families get together. If it's celebrated everywhere, then people get off work and then yes. people gather together. So uh, kudos for her uh, going through all the bottles of ink uh, to, and she also fought for playgrounds and uh, other, you know, longer stuff. She was like the first, she also wrote, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> what? <note>. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Sarah Hale, and it's a picture book. So, and I, I, could, I, I'm thinking probably not well known. Well, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So I didn't even know. Well, I'll well, read it to job. the boys. When yeah. Thanksgiving, I'll read That'd it. That'd be perfect. I had to save that one for my last one since it's Thanksgiving. Uh, good save. Good save. Okay. So then I have two more. So I have uh, my next one. Is, and I'm grateful for this more for because of my kids. But um, it's a series. But the first book is called Investigators. And it's by John Patrick Green. And it was written in uh, 2022. Um, no, that can't be right. I think I must have wrote that down wrong. Uh, well, they're pretty new. He's still um, writing them. 2020? Gators. I'm looking it up real quick because my, he my, has a lot of them. My third graders um, love them, too. And although they're graphic novels, the vocabulary is very, very challenging. So it's not a, it's not a fluff read. You still have to think about what you're reading and what's going on. And um, it, it's, it's really, and there's a ton of play on words. Like there one is. of the, the titles is ants, ants in your pants and ants stand for some pants stand for something. And they said, um, did, did he say pants or shorts or something like that? You know, it, it, they'll just play on the words. So the kids love, I don't have one with me. All mine are checked out. Uh, so I did write it down wrong. It is 2020 was the when the first came out. So there's a, there's quite a few of them now. He has like a series of them, but um, I just love it because, like you said, it, it's he he does a lot of play on words. It's the boys love it. It's funny, but there's a there's a good story, and they're all and the, they're trying to solve something. So it's kind of cool because you're trying to solve it too. You don't know who did something. You know, like the last one was the art heist one that we read and. Um, it's like who okay so who which of the characters stole the art pieces and they're trying to figure it out and they go into they have disguises and and also so, what does heist mean because the title of that is heist and seek 
that's yes. a play on words. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and my my the my student that was reading that she didn't know she didn't know what heist was, and then I explained it to her, and then you know the, there's a lot of vocabulary in there actually. Yeah, that's true. So, so anyway, if you, I think it's good for boys or girls. John yeah. Patrick Green and they're just kind of fun graphic novel series. So would be a great Christmas present. It would be a great pres- Christmas present. So, um. And then my last one to end on is they're called the Tuttle Twins. Um, And there's a whole series and there's a bunch of different books, but I'm just going to go just talk about the first one. Um, And it was written by, uh, so the first one is the Tuttle Twins learn about the law and it's by Connor Boyack. I think is how you say that it was 2014. And it's such an interesting take on it. So it's um, they're teaching about history and they're teaching about government and they're teaching about different, there's usually a topic, you know, they teach, they've even, there's a thing about stock market and there's a thing about um, the golden rule and there's different things that they'll teach on. But so this one was called about the law, but the cool thing is that it's usually based off of um, an older book. And so you actually sent this to me and it's based off of a book called the law that was written in 18, the 1800s, 1801, I think. Um, and it's by Frederick uh, Bastier, Bastier. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's French, but it's uh, this classic blueprint for a just society. And it really explores the law. Well, the Tuttle twins break that down in a way that's, un- it helps me understand it, you know? Like, <laughs> so I, and I love these Tuttle Twin books because I'm always learning something too, but it, he, the Connor, the writer, Connor Boyack, he puts it in a way that's really um, easy for the kids to understand. And these are like, uh, like huge, big concepts about the uh, economic structure or even money. Like how does that work? And, and all, so he does a good job of breaking it down and tying it back to um, these kind of, amazing thinkers like this guy frederick bastier or whatever but i haven't read it yet but you got it for me so i want to read the original well i sent one to your uncle so you and him could do a a little have a book talk together on the fourth of july (laughs) yeah about the law i mean yeah yeah that's that's interesting so but anyway those are i think i had an extra one that was an honorable mention i guess but those are the books I guess the 11 books we're grateful for. <laughs> yeah, we squeezed in a little extra, but yeah. I just think it's it's time to, it's good to um, be thankful for, and yeah. maybe these books didn't get the shout out that, you know, and for some reason, like you said, that if, if you hear about something at a busy time in your life, uh, you know, you, you might not, let at least let's resurface these and give them a, give them another chance. <laughs> yeah, no, this was it. This is a great idea. So hopefully that's, especially for coming cro- close to Christmas and it's nice to have some ideas in your back pocket. So always have, always be in the middle of a book. So yeah, hopefully we'll have more. This, that could be, uh, always do one of these right before Christmas kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, good. So that's a wrap on the 10 books that we are grateful for. And thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. Have a great one. Keep on reading.